1: And now, Hebraic Roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International.
0: Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, the book of Hebrews, Yeshua, our Melchizedek Priest. This is part one of the series. In this teaching, we're going to be sharing with you on the subject, Yeshua, our Melchizedek priest. And the central message of the book of Hebrews is emphasizing Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood. And in doing so, the book of Hebrews enumerates in details that not only is Yeshua our Melchizedek priest, but it explains what makes Yeshua's Melchizedek priest unique from other Melchizedek priests, given that the government of the kingdom of God, that that government consists of the Melchizedek priesthood. And when one is a Melchizedek priest, the Melchizedek priesthood entails the following offices, that you are a king, you are a priest, and you are a firstborn. And there, are spiritual responsibilities to the office, wherein you are tested and tried, and by being faithful and serving in the office, then you get eternal rewards in the kingdom of God. And so the central message of the book of Hebrews is highlighting the importance and significance of Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood. And then it itemizes for us what makes Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood unique. And then it asks and answers the question, what does Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood do for the believer in Yeshua as Messiah? Then it explains that how Yeshua's obedience to do the will of his father and through his sufferings, he was brought to spiritual maturity as he lived his life on the earth and then finally we are going to see that it was not through the levitical priesthood but it's through yeshua's new testament melchizedek priesthood does it make it possible for the individual believer in yeshua as the messiah to be brought to spiritual maturity so those are the major points that we're going to be covering in this teaching regarding yeshua Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood. To begin with, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, then Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, where it highlights and makes the point that Yeshua is our high priest, as it is written. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Messiah Yeshua. And then Hebrews four fourteen and 15, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed in the heavens, Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. And so not only is the point made in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, that Yeshua is our high priest, and Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, that Yeshua is our high priest. High priest but in Hebrews in chapter 7 verse 17 it makes the point that Yeshua is our high priest after the order of Melchizedek as it is written for he testifies you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek well this is a quote or a reference to Psalm 110 verse 4 where it is written the Lord has sworn and will not repent that you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And then in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it is written, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. And then in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it mentions a priestly element. And that is when he himself purged out our Sins and purging our sins is associated with Yeshua's high priestly ministry that he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And then in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, it is written, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in pertaining to the things of God, and then in it speaks of a priestly function of the priestly office to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Messiah Yeshua. So the book of Hebrews introduces Yeshua as our high priest in mentions elements and aspects of his high priest ministry. And then Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed in the heavens, Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold fast. For we have not a high priest, we cannot, be touched with the feelings of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. So in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 it mentions Yeshua and something related to his priestly ministry and office that he does for us. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 it mentions that Yeshua is a faithful high priest. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 it mentions Yeshua is our high priest. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 15 Yeshua is our high priest and then it continues making the point regarding Yeshua being high priest and after the order of Melchizedek in Hebrews in chapter 5 verse 1 verse 4 and 5 for every high priest taken from among men was ordained for men in things pertaining to God that he may offer both gift and sacrifice for sins and no man takes this honor unto himself but he that is called of God as was Aaron so also Messiah glorified not himself to be made a high priest and so continuing in Hebrews chapter 5 it makes a point that Yeshua is our high priest after the order of Melchizedek as it is stated in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 6 and verse 10 as he says also in another place you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek this same point is made again in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 20 with the forerunner is for us and even yeshua made a high priest after the order of melchizedek and then it continues in hebrews in chapter 7 verse 1 verse 3 and verse 21 for this melchizedek king of salem referring back to genesis in chapter 14 priest of the most high god who met abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him and then it says in verse 3 without father without mother without descent having neither the beginning of days nor end of life but made like unto the son of God abides a priest continually and now Hebrews chapter 7 verse 21 for those priests were made without an oath referring to the Levitical priesthood but this with an oath by him that said unto him the Lord swore and will not repent that you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek referring back to Psalm 110 so I wanted to highlight different verses in Hebrews chapter 1 through 7 to highlight the fact that the book of Hebrews is emphasizing that Yeshua is our high priest and he's a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So while that point is made multiple times in Hebrews chapter 1 through Hebrews chapter 7, then Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1 says, now this is the sum of the things which we have said. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. So Hebrews chapter eight, verse one says, this is a summary of what we've been trying to say and emphasize in Hebrews chapter one through seven, that we have a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Hebrews chapter eight, verse two, that Yeshua is not an earthly priest. He's not of the Levitical priesthood but he's a priest of the sanctuary of the true tabernacle, the heavenly tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, which the Lord made and not man. And now Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. But Messiah become a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. And so the point being made about Yeshua being a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, not only is this referred to in Hebrews chapter 8, but Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11, and it continues in Hebrews chapter 10 verses 11 and 12 and verse 21 is the same point being made and emphasized, showing that this is a central thought and message of the book of Hebrews highlighting Yeshua is our high priest, and he's a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And every priest stands daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin referring to the Levitical priesthood. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, being a Melchizedek priest. And then Hebrews chapter 10, verse 21. And having a high priest over the house of God, that is the house of Jacob, that is the body of Messiah. And then into Hebrews chapter 13, verses 11 and 12. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin... are are burned outside of the camp wherefore Yeshua also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood he suffered outside of the gate and so this is point one of this teaching that the central message of the book of Hebrews is highlighting virtually in every chapter that Yeshua is our high priest and he's our Melchizedek priest and now what we're going to do is we're going to look at various verses in the book of Hebrews and we're going to see what the book of Hebrews highlights and states and emphasizes regarding what makes Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood unique. Well, the first point that makes his Melchizedek priesthood unique from the general office of Melchizedek priesthood, which others are able to have besides Yeshua, he's just the supreme Melchizedek priest of a Melchizedek priesthood, which is the government of god in the kingdom of god hebrews chapter 1 verse 2 that god has in these last days spoken unto us by his son by whom also he made the worlds and then verse 10 and you lord in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands so yeshua is not just any other melchizedek priest given that adam when he was in the garden he had the place and the function and the position of being a Melchizedek priest overseeing the kingdom of God on the earth, that Adam was earth's representative of the kingdom of God. And he was to bring the kingdom of God, teach the kingdom of God, and live the kingdom of God on the earth. That Adam did not create the heavens and the earth. Yeshua, being a Melchizedek priest, he is unique from Adam and from other Melchizedek priests because Yeshua created the heavens and the earth. We can see this in John chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 3 and verse 10 as it is written, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him. By who? By the Word of God. And we're told in Revelation chapter 19, verse 13, that Yeshua is the word of God. And without him was not anything made that was made. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Paul explains in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, that Yeshua created the heavens and earth, as it is written. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created, that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And so Yeshua is not just any Melchizedek priest. His Melchizedek priesthood is unique because he created the heavens and the earth. And then the next point that is made in Hebrews chapter 1 regarding the uniqueness of Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood, it says in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, that God has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. We can see that Yeshua is the expressed image of the Father in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Messiah, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Next, the book of Hebrews highlights that Yeshua is the firstborn of God. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2 and verse 6, that God in these last days has spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom he made the worlds. And again, when he brings the first begotten into the world, he says, and let all the angels of God worship him. We can see that Yeshua is the begotten of God. John chapter 1 verse Verse 18. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. John chapter 3, verse 16, it is written, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, literally, Yeshua is the firstborn son of his parents, Joseph and Mary. We see this in Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And she, Mary, brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. But firstborn, while it can be literal and physical in this world, it is also a title and term for a office in the kingdom of god it is a part of the government of god the melchizedek priesthood of god wherein in this governmental order of the kingdom of god you are walking in the office of being a king priest and firstborn and so Yeshua is not the only firstborn of the kingdom of God. There are many firstborns in the kingdom of God. That's why it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And then Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn? of every creature. And in the Sajino Midrash Rabbah, which is a rabbinic commentary on the scriptures, volume three, page 238, quoting from Psalm chapter 89, verse 27, it says, I made the King Messiah a firstborn, as it says, and I will appoint him firstborn. The body of Messiah is a congregation of firstborn. We can see this in Hebrews in chapter 12, verses 22 and 23. But you've come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and congregation of the firstborn. And so we can see that firstborn here is a spiritual office or position within the kingdom of God because Hebrews 12.23 says that the congregation of Messiah is a congregation of firstborns. Next, we're going to see from Hebrews in chapter 9, verses 15 and 16, it's going to make a reference if you examine the details of the statement that it was Yeshua who gave the Torah at Mount Sinai, as it is written. And for this cause, he, that is Yeshua, is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament or the Torah that was given at Mount Sinai. And then it says in verse 16, for where a testament is, there must also be of necessity the death of the testator. And uh, so given that we have the statement for where a testament is, there must also be the necessity, the death of the testator or the one that made the testament, that would mean that it was Yeshua that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. And the Torah at Mount Sinai was broken, and that is sin. And we read in 1 John, in chapter 3 and verse 4, Whoever commits sin transgresses the Torah, for sin is the transgression of the Torah. And so, through Yeshua's death, by means of death, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, for the redemption or the deliverance or the salvation of the transgressions that were under the first testament or from the breaking of the covenant that where a testament is so Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai there must also of necessity be the death of the testator and so this is why Yeshua died on the tree we can see that Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai from James chapter 4 verse 12 which says there is one lawgiver who is able to save. So the one that saves, that's Yeshua, because we're told in Matthew, in chapter 1, in verse 21, and she, Mary, shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name in Hebrew, Yeshua, which means salvation, call his name, salvation, why? For he shall save his people from their sins. So it's Yeshua, that saves his people from their sins in James chapter 4 verse 12 says there's one lawgiver that is able to save the one that saves is Yeshua the one that saves is also the lawgiver In Isaiah chapter 33 verse 22 it says the Lord is our judge the Lord is our lawgiver the Lord is our king he will save us so that verse makes four claims of the Lord those four claims are he will save us well we just saw in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 that it's Yeshua that saves us from our sins. And so the one that saves us is also our judge. We are told in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and verse 10 we must all appear before the judgment seat of Messiah. Well if we all must appear before the judgment seat of Messiah who's being the judge? It is Yeshua. That everyone may receive the things done in his body according to all that he has done whether it be good or bad. So the one that saves us is also our judge. The one that saves us that is our judge is also our king. Well we're told in Revelation chapter 19 verse 16 that Yeshua is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. So Isaiah chapter 33 verse 22 says that the one that saves us that is our judge that is our king. He also is our lawgiver. So Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai and so that's what Hebrews is explaining in Hebrews chapter 9 verses 15 and 16, that through the death of the testator, it brought about the redemption of the transgressions that came about by breaking the covenant that was made at Mount Sinai. Now, in explaining different attributes and characteristics of what makes Yeshua's Melchizedek priesthood unique, Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, The Book of Hebrews, Yeshua, Our Melchizedek Priest. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen.